Hello, Bianca. Hi, Alexa. Hi. Hey, did I say your name right? You did. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, great. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to Peace with Peace podcast and interview series that gives others the opportunity to inspire others by sharing their story. My name is Alexa, and I'm here with Bianca, like I said. Hey, Bianca. Hi, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a warm day here in Melbourne, so I'm just, yeah, gearing up for the day, really. Oh, great. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to do a quick release. Um, I want to make sure that I have your permission to use your name, um, your likeness, anything that you share, any information um, on the podcast um, that I do plan to share this recording with listeners, and it could go all over the world, which it probably is because we're already in two different parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You have my permission to share. I, I'm an open book. Oh, great. And also, just one more question. Um, you do understand that I'm the owner of, of the content. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Great. Thank you so very much. Um, so just a quick summary of how me and Bianca met. Um, I'm always trying to grow my body positive environment. So I search on Facebook for groups and all other types of groups all the time. And I became a part of Bianca's group. Um, it's called Eating Disorder Recovery Support. I um, posted in it since I was new and um, like new people in groups usually do. And I mentioned I had a podcast and I was always looking for people to interview. And she said she was interested. So that's so cool. So I'm talking to her today. And like I said, um, we're on two different opposite parts of the world. So that's so cool. And I'm so excited that you agreed to be interviewed today. Yeah, I'm more than happy to. I'm always happy to, um, yeah, spread the word, share my story, um, you know, whatever is helpful for people. Great. Um, also, I just want to tell everyone that figuring out the times that worked best for us was funny. Because it was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> because it's nighttime here and it's morning there, right? Yeah, well, it's just hit midday. But yeah, yeah, there's, um, I think, yeah, that eight hour time difference, perhaps. Yes. Oh, yes. Makes it all the more special. Yeah. Okay. So we can dive in now. Um, so what does beauty mean to you? Okay. Um, yeah. So um, look, beauty means to me, I was thinking about this question a bit earlier because, of course, uh, you sent through some questions that might come up and it gave me a bit of time to reflect on things. And, you know, I think that beauty is, um, you know, that's something, uh, I guess there's that saying that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's a bit mm -hmm. of, um, you know, a, a trite sort of saying, but I think it's kind of, true that beauty is something that you get to define um you know if you really choose to and that's something that more and more I focus on these days uh is is defining myself what what beauty actually means like we can decide that for ourselves and so much of that I think comes from an inner place um you know confidence feeling good about yourself treating yourself well I think these things make somebody um beautiful they they those are the things that make somebody um charismatic that makes somebody you know you want to you want to be around somebody that feels confident and good about themselves and um, who makes other people feel good about themselves so I think that um for me for me that is is beauty um you know and then within that there's all sorts of diversity in terms of how people actually look there's just there's no one standard yes oh I love how you said you get to define beauty that gives us the power to choose and that is amazing. Mm, so and amazing I think it's something we just don't get we don't get told that often enough I think that um you know of, of course 
um, the society, the culture that that we live in, um, you know, it's defined by, you know, capitalist and, and patriarchal structures, which, you know, tell us what is what is beauty and what we should be aspiring to. And it's so easy to go through life um, unquestioning about that stuff. Uh, so easy to just, um, you know, assume the the status quo and not really give it much more thought. And it's so understandable as well. You know, it's, it's so easy to just fall into that trap. I certainly have myself as well in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, the, the more I go on in life and the more, you know, I, I do what I do for a living and have the opportunity to influence people in terms of what they um, think about themselves and how they view their bodies and their relationship with food and all of that sort of stuff, the more I, you know, the more I, I guess, advocate for that idea of being able to define these things for yourself. You don't have to run with the status quo. Yes. I love that. I love that. We don't have to settle for the status quo and we absolutely get to define it. I know the things we will accomplish when we challenge the status quo. It makes me so excited. Mm. Um, Something else I like that you said is treating yourself well. Can um, you tell me a little bit about that? So I think that's beautiful too, but no one has mentioned that yet Mm. in all my interviews. And I would love for you to elaborate because I think that is a golden statement, treating yourself well. Yeah. And it's such a, I mean, I'm I'm really glad that you pick up on that. And it's such a um, basic concept in a way, but again, it's one of those things that we don't necessarily think about so much because I think that in our, in our culture or in our cultures, um, uh, you know, how, how somebody looks from the outside and, and, you know, the, the outward, you know, um, sort of appearance and the outward, um, you know, way of perceiving somebody like there's so much objectification, um, you know, in terms of how we look and how successful we look and, you know, just how we are appearing, um, you know, to other people uh, that, you know, we can get really caught up in um, appearances. Uh, we can get really caught up in, you know, seeming a certain way or looking a certain way or, you know, having this outward sort of demeanour that, that tells people I'm, I'm, I'm attractive, I'm successful, I'm this, I'm that. And we totally lose sight of an internal perspective of ourselves uh, with you know how do how do I actually feel like you know I might look great and have a great car and have a fancy job and um, you know have all of these things on the outside look wonderful um, but am I actually feeling good on the inside am I treating myself well um, you know so there's that sort of difference between I guess um, yeah like objectifying yourself um, you know in a way but you know then the opposite of, of that is to you know tune into the internal signals and figure out like am I actually treating myself well like am I am I being good to my body am I being good to my mind am I you know tuning into what my mind and body need um you know am I listening to those things or am I totally ignoring them so as you know once again I can just roll with the status quo oh I you're already going to have me clap, like applauding you. Because, and we're, we're on question one. Yes, everything you just said. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> we get caught up in like this facade. We're creating this facade. Like we're only worried about what our bodies look like and how we appear to other people. Like on Facebook, I always say the highlight reel. All the yeah. posts we share are super um, filled with our accomplishments and all these Pot, not, not even positive, but like the, the highlight reel. Yeah. So it's all positive and it doesn't show anything else. Yep. And just because I always say this about my daughter, I can post a picture of her. She's cheesing it up. And then the next second she is smearing her food on the wall. Yeah. yeah she's like screaming <laughs> and crying. Yeah. Like 
people have no idea what's going on inside and treating yourself. Oh my goodness. You just, yeah, I'm already clapping. And what else too, I, um, forgot to ask you before we jumped into the questions uh, is there anything else you want to share I gave us a little intro on how you and I got this interview together but I didn't give you a chance to introduce yourself so I'm so sorry um would you like to do that now I mean probably I'm I'm sure by the end of um the interview anyway um it will all sort of become elucidated it'll it'll all become quite clear um but yeah um yeah thank you for the opportunity so um yeah basically um so I'm based in Melbourne Australia um we've been in lockdown most of this year so I've um, been working virtually which is great um which you know just sort of um you know even as you and I are speaking right now we can see it's such a an interconnected and globalized world that we can really be in contact with just about anybody which is um yeah makes makes the world um yeah a much more um connected kind of place which is nice but um anyway the point to all of that is that um I'm a therapist so um, I'm a hypnotherapist and counselor I specialize in eating disorder work um, so anything to do with eating disorders, um, disordered eating, uh, body image, gut issues, uh, all, all of that sort of thing. And I tend to see uh, clients for all of these issues. They could be anywhere really in the world. Um, you know, mostly, of course, um, they're, they're more local in Melbourne, but I have a lot of clients who are interstate um, in, you know, around Australia. I've got some clients overseas as well. So, yeah, very much specialising um, in those types of issues. I'm also um, a part-time uni student, so I'm slowly um, ticking through my psychology uh, degree, which is a long path, but hopefully a worthwhile one in the end. Um, and my business is uh, Freedom From Food. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing this work for about seven or eight years now, and uh, I, um, I uh, rebranded, rebranded my business a couple of years ago to reflect my, my niche, my interest in eating disorder treatment. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Facebook, um, so, you know, at, at Freedom From Food. Um, but as Alexa already mentioned as well, I've also got a Facebook uh, group, um, which, you know, people are welcome to join if anyone's listening and thinks that they might be able to benefit, um, you know, from the content in there. I've recently started doing um, weekly content themes, which I'm, you know, quite excited about because it's one of those things that with, you know, any sort of eating disorder, disordered eating type of stuff, there's a lot of shame and secrecy around these types of topics. And, you know, the more we can find a space to be open about it and share our experience and, you know, really get that um, that experience of knowing that, that we're not the only person to experience this. I think that that's really helpful and, and healing uh, for people. So, yeah, the weekly content themes I'm excited about because I'm just really looking forward to um, promoting more conversation in the group. Um, so, yeah, that's I think that's, that's probably more than a thorough sur- summary about me. Oh, yeah, no, I love hearing about the work that you've done and what you're doing. And I'm so excited for the weekly content and I will be participating Wonderful. because I love that. Wonderful. I- this week's content is, um, or this week's theme, I should say, is um, the fat acceptance movement. So we're talking about the historical roots of, of body positivity, basically, because most people have heard of body positivity, but of course, you know, as 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 anything that gets popular often gets um you know sort of skewed and a bit bastardized um you know the body positivity movement has sort of changed its face a little bit um so you know we're we're talking about the roots um uh, this week of the fat acceptance movement which actually started back in the 60s um so I'm yeah, looking forward to exploring a bit more of that content and starting those conversations and yeah learning myself as well because you know this is a space that you never stop learning um you know I don't claim to be um somebody that knows everything about everything by any means, um, you know, in this space. I've got my own lived experience. 
Um, of course, I have my own knowledge, you know, through the education and 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 all of that 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 I've um, that I've done. Um, you know, but that's not to say that I know everything. You know, I always look forward to hearing mm-hmm. more from other people's experiences as well. Yes, I totally agree. I'll never stop learning about this work. And two, the more I stay positive, the more I create a larger positive environment around me, the more um, schooling or whatever, whatever I'm doing to expand my education, it keeps me on the train. It keeps me feeling good. It keeps me learning about myself. It keeps me um, learning about others. I never want this journey to end yeah yeah and I, I think you know it, it keeps us it keeps us humble which you know humility is probably not um you know it's it, it's an underrated quality <laughs> I think at times yeah. Um, yeah yeah it keeps us humble when we when we can remember that there's always more to learn um you know and there's always experiences that we haven't had and that we don't know about it's really you know it's a really good thing to be able to um listen to people you know o- openly non-judgmentally um you know that's when we get the most out of our interactions yes oh the power of listening i love it i love it um i also wanted to ask you what attracted you to doing that type of work so you focus on eating disorder counseling you went on and on about the different types of counseling you do that all or in that realm, what attracted you to that? Yeah, so um, I've got my own lived experience um, with disordered eating. So, you know, from 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 a pretty young age, actually, I think I was quite um, body conscious, um, even, you know, probably even before I was, you know, in double digits, really. So, you know, I remember mm-hmm. being sort of, you know, around even eight or nine and, you know, being sort of weight conscious and, you know, concerned that I might be bigger than my friends and what did that mean and what can I do about it and all of that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, into my teens and um and into my 20s as well I sort of fluctuated through some um yeah some pretty severely disordered um you know behaviors at times um you know that that went up and down but you know I guess I was I was always lucky in the sense that I was quite um sure early on that uh, that I wanted to do what I'm currently doing now as as a career I knew I wanted to be a therapist of some sort uh so there was always that thing in the back of my mind that like you know okay um this is this is okay for now, but I can't do this forever because you can't be an eating disorder therapist who has an eating disorder. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, so um, mm-hmm. you know, I had a lot of internal motivation to, um, you know, to find some other way of some other way of coping with anxiety, some other way of um, developing self worth, uh, some other way of just finding a way to live peacefully with myself in this world, and I think that. Uh, you know that that's the biggest part of the work that I do with people I mean you know I I treat people with eating disorders but really it's never about the food you know what we're talking about is you know how do you have a relationship with yourself um you know in in this world in this lifetime how do you live in a way that's peaceful in your own head um you know Mm -hmm. as you can then look after yourself so it gets very philosophical as um as as you as you um, I'm sure can probably imagine um uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's a bit about why I do the work, just because of my own lived experience, my own journey through many aspects, um, you know, of that and um, and coming through the other side. But, you know, even, even you know, I guess I just want to point out that even when I say coming through the other side, um, you know, I want to say that a relationship with food is an ongoing thing and, uh, and a relationship with your, um, with your body is an, an ongoing thing. And 
you know, body image is not static, um, it fluctuates. And I'm sure that, you know, as I age and as I go through body changes, you know, for all of us, we've got to adapt to changes and, you know, re-figure out who we are. And, um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. So, you know, even when I say coming out through the other side, that's sort of um, not really even quite accurate because I don't think you ever sort of, you don't, you don't get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, I'm done now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's an ongoing conversation. Yes. Oh, I can totally relate because I felt there was a, a moment in time where I was thinking, oh, I feel so good about this, you know, because I have an um, eating disorder history mm. and I've been in recovery for a really long time. And right before I got pregnant, I was like, oh, I I can eat foods that that, that I normally couldn't have. Like I just was in a really good place. Mm. Then I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then it started a whole new journey. Then, um, then I had my daughter, whole new journey. So it's like, even when you think you're there coming out of the other end, nope, it's another journey. Oh, it's another door opening. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And this is why, you know, in in therapy, I talk about, uh, people's relationship with themselves, you know, people, your, your relationship with food, relationship with your body, relationship with yourself, because a relationship just like, um, a relationship with yourself just like a relationship with another person um mm-hmm. you know you don't get to a point where you're like okay cool i've done I don't, i've done enough now um you know i can you know i can just stop doing things now um you know of course not your your relationship with other people if you don't if you don't nurture them if you don't maintain them they're going to falter they're going to dwindle um, mm-hmm. um you know and it's the same with a relationship with yourself so it's really about teaching the skills of how to relate to yourself in a way that's helpful Yes, and something else that I wanted to comment on, well, actually two more things, but the first thing I wanted to say, um, it's never about the food, mm-hmm. and that's something that you and I are probably like, duh, we know it's not about the food, but other people, when they start talking about eating disorders, or they start talking about relationships with food, they're just like, oh, just mm-hmm. eat, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm, oh, it gives me, oh, it just makes me so angry, <laughs> because it's like, you don't even get yeah. it. You, you're, you don't even get it. And I would love to explain it to yeah. you, but you need to open your mind because it's so much deeper. Yeah. It's, it's just a coping mechanism. It's just something that gives comfort, um, control over. It's not... Yeah. And I think that's what, I mean, it's understandable, you know, when people just, you know, they don't know what they don't know, of course, Um, you know, there's there's things that all of us don't know. Um, But, you know, that's, you know, I guess one of the big messages that people need to understand about um, eating disorders is that first and foremost, they're a mental illness. Um, you know they're not mm-hmm. it's you know they're a mental illness that have has physical consequences or physical effects uh, you know so when people focus on the food it's really focusing you know on the on the effect side of of the equation rather than the cause um, so people can talk about I mean you can talk about food all you like and you know sure yeah just eat okay well that will it'll do something but it's still focusing at the effect side of the equation rather than the cause yes it's like looking at a, a tree and looking at the leaves and wondering why they're falling and not looking at the roots. Like, why is this tree diseased? And yeah. you're just looking at the leaves. You got to look deeper. Yes, yeah, that. that's a good, that's a good um, analogy. Actually, that's a good, um, that's a good metaphor. I might use it. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks. Um, 
sometimes I come up with good ones. Sometimes I just sound silly. So I'm glad you like that. No, no, it's a, it's a good one. And as a hypnotherapist, I'm always looking for a um, you know clever metaphor. So that's um, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another last thing I wanted to say about um, what you said too is you said it started that type of thinking started at a very young age. Mm. And again, I think that's another thing when you've gone through something like this. You're like, yeah, I remember being in elementary school or I remember being five years old or I remember if you remember vivid times in your life when you were a child mm. that you can remember thinking that way. Yeah. And other people are like, oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And people are shocked by that. And it's like, well, are you really shocked? I mean, of course, you don't know what you don't know, like you yeah. said, but all the messages just because you're a child, you're not oblivious to the messages of society. Like you're still getting yeah. those messages yeah. and you're still dealing with things. And... Age, even, you know, even, even still, I mean, you know, I can sort of identify times, you know, around that sort of eight or nine mark, but um, you know, the messaging started before then, of course, um, you know, kids, kids are not stupid, um, you know, not, not in the slightest, um, you know, kids, it's come as you know as as a, as a blank slate you know to, to some degree obviously there's genetic components and all that sort of thing but um you know yeah. um and you know from from the moment they're born um you know we start to ride on that that slate of, of who they're going to be and of course we're very influenced by our, our culture and our society and the messaging and the people around us and, and their beliefs and their behaviors and um, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know it, it starts from a really young age and you know what I would say is that, when people are surprised by hearing that it started that young, I would say, yeah, um, you know, that is that is shocking to some degree, and it's also very common. Um, you know, so don't think that it's not. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing unusual about me. Put it put it that way. Um, there's nothing unusual about mm-hmm. me that that I experienced that from that age because it's very common. Yes, and I love that you said that because um, not too many people are open about that type of thinking but so many people have it like it's not rare like you said um so you kind of dabbled in your self-love self-acceptance journey um in the last question but what else um happened on that journey what other things um, are you working on in the acceptance department or just tell me a little bit more about mm. that? Um, so, oh gosh, you know, it's, um, I guess such a, a long conversation. It's probably something I could talk about, um, you know, for, for a long time, really, if we were sort of go through, um, you know, the big long history of these things. But I guess one of the things that I will um, touch on, because I think it's one of the most um, important um, things that I've come across, you know, as a con- as a construct and also as a as a as a tool um, for myself is the the tool of self compassion. Um, so you know that all stems from stems from um, you know a mindfulness uh, type tradition, a, a Buddhist type tradition, um, you know that that teaches you to think of yourself, um, you know, more kindly and to be kinder to yourself um, and to actually notice that self-talk when you're being harsh, when you're being critical. And we've all got an inner critic. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't think there's anybody that really doesn't have an inner critic, um, you know, but the, the self-compassion stuff for me, I, I found, I have found, you know, particularly um, in, enlightening and, 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 you know, certainly helped me to turn a corner in my life and helped me to uh, reconceptualize my relationship with myself and to to notice myself talk 
um, and to and to notice like you know well what would I say to a friend um, you know and are, are the things that I'm saying really true um, you know to myself uh, you know or am I catastrophizing um, you know am I forgetting that other people experience this stuff too that I'm not, I'm not actually alone even though I might feel alone um, so a lot of that yeah the self-compassion framework is something that's been really useful for me um, in my own recovery and just in my own life in in general and so that's a lot of the stuff that I talk to my clients about as well is um, yeah that that relationship with themselves once again to, to return to that phrase and how they can be more how they can be more compassionate with themselves and a lot of people have this you know sort of initial reaction sometimes to self-compassion that you know if they were to be more compassionate with themselves that they'd be letting themselves off the hook um, you know, that, um, you know, there's this fear that, you know, well, if I was too nice to myself, then I would just let my standards go, um, you know, or I'd just, you know, let myself get away with things. Um, but the, it, it's actually the complete opposite. Um, it's, you know, when you're compassionate to yourself is when you actually start to reach your higher standards. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. And I loved how you said, watch the self-talk because you're absolutely right. We would never talk to our like what we say to ourselves is so mean we would never say to somebody else let alone our best friend um I know some of the things I say to myself I wouldn't even say to my worst enemy I just would never say that to another person and when you become aware of that um like you said and show yourself compassion and you mentioned this before and relationships with another person you need to show compassion to make it grow and to really show love and to, to show support. And that's what we need to give ourselves, but it's so challenging to do for ourselves, but we can do it for mm. other people. And I think, I think a part of that for me has also been realizing, well, you know, maybe not even realizing, but just accepting um, that the thoughts that I think are not always true <laughs> as well. Like we can get so caught up in our thoughts and believing that they're true. And, um, you know, I think that, that there's, a, there's another way to go through life. There's another way to go through life where you can notice your thoughts and you can not attach to them so much. And you can say to yourself, oh, that's interesting. You know, I've just noticed that I'm having that thought again. Um, I wonder what it means. I wonder, you know, I wonder why I might have had that thought. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that that means that I had that thought. Um, and not identifying with the thought so much, but being just more observant about what's going on with all that mental chatter. Yes. Oh, I like that. I'm going to challenge myself to do that more often. <laughs> it's a practice. It's a practice. It's, <laughs> because... I don't think it's, um, unfortunately, I don't think it comes naturally or automatically. I don't know if it's really... I don't know if it's really particularly taught in our societies, is it? But that's certainly, um, you know, uh, something that's a, a mission for me, um, you know, is to to make this, this stuff that we're talking about right now is to make that a more, you know, uh, just prevalent and, and common conversation. Mm -hmm. And something too that I catch myself doing, which you may or may not, but when I have this negative self-talk and I'm saying things, not only do I take it very personal, I really mm -hmm. attach to it, but then after I reflect a little bit, I'm like, wait a second, what was I really yeah. upset about? Like, what made me feel this upset? And then it's usually like something yeah. totally unrelated, like, um, um, I don't even know, like I felt... Um, neglected or left out of the group or something like that like that's where that thought started but then it grew into this beast of me hating myself 
Um, I don't know if you can relate oh, yeah. to that, but as you were talking, that's absolutely. What I thought of. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think once again, like what, what the point that you're making there is, um, you know, perhaps the same point that it's never about the food um, in in eating disorders. Like mm. we, you know, we can attach to food. Um, and we can attach to, you know, ideas about body weight and how we should look and all of that sort of thing. But really, it's it's not about that. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just a, it's a projection. You know, um, in in a way, like it's just projecting onto something that we feel like we can control. Um, you know, but of course you can't control. You can't control what your body does. Um, you know, that's that that's out of our control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's 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 a mythological like you know control and just projecting you know onto something you know when really um, you know the problem might have mm-hmm. been that you felt as you say you know abandoned, neglected, or you felt um, you know insecure mm-hmm. in some way, or you know that you weren't safe in some way, or mm-hmm. you know whatever it might be. Yes, yes, um, and we started to kind of talk about. Um, relationships but I wanted to ask you how did relationships play a part in this oh, that's such a really good question um, <laughs> yeah. um I would say that you know during like the journey like I guess you know in my in my teens in my 20s I probably really didn't see the crossover at all um didn't see what mm-hmm. what one would have to do with the other um you know um for mm-hmm. the most part but I think you know as I've as I've gotten older and as I've developed a bit of perspective and I can now sort of look back at, say, the last 20 years of my life, um, I can really see how there is this huge, like, um, crossover uh, between relationships um, and and the eating disorder stuff. But I guess more to the point, relationships and our relationship with ourself. Um, you know, how you relate to yourself is... Uh, you know, it's just unequivocally going to come out in how you relate to other people as well. Uh, so it's really, um, it, it's a relationship problem. Um, you know, even the eating disorder within itself, mm-hmm. it's, it's a relational problem, which is being projected onto food, um, it's being projected onto mm-hmm. your body. But really, like, there's so much stuff in there about relationships and how you communicate with yourself and others, how you relate to yourself and others, how you accept yourself um, and others, or, you know, more to the point that you don't accept yourself uh, and others. Um, yeah, you know, there's just so much, so much entangled in there with relationship stuff. And I must say that is a total new perspective mm. for me because usually when um, I think of relationships, I think of, um, oh, yeah, my mom had a really big role in the way I develop self-love or yeah, um, my boyfriend or my husband or my wife or whatever, like people always talk about um, a person, but I love that new perspective that you just said, because I never, it's a new perspective for me. And I think that'll be new for a lot of people because I never realized how um, struggling with, self-love and self-acceptance could be a relationship problem but I totally agree with you I never looked yes, at it that yeah way, it's not it's not an obvious link um and you know look I'm not I'm not I'm, I don't have the answer to everything in the world you know, some people would disagree <laughs> with me and say it's got nothing to do with that but like you know but for me personally uh, I think it's got a hell of a lot to do with it um and that's mm-hmm. how I that's how I now approach myself 
um, and it's how I approach things with my clients. Obviously, I mean, there's many aspects of, of treatment, but that, you know, the relational stuff is a big part. Um, you know, and I think that, um, yeah, if we, if we miss that bit, we sort of miss some of those key ingredients. Yes. Oh, and you know what? And people disagree. People disagree with everything. But I love that perspective. And this is exactly why um, you're like breathing life into what I wanted this podcast to be. Because I wanted people to hear different perspectives and hear different stories. And so far, you've offered so many new perspectives in just our 30 minute conversation. I, yeah, I appreciate you so much. so we do have time for one more question. Um, what is something you like about yourself or you are thankful your body did? Hmm, okay. Um, I think, you know, I think resilience is probably um, probably the best answer I can give to that or the, the sort of um, the all-encompassing answer in, in a way um, because I think that, over the years, I have, you know, it didn't always feel apparent at the time, but I actually have been resilient, um, you know, both both mentally, um, but also in the physical realm in terms of, um, you know, in terms of what my body can do for me as well. Um, you know, I guess I've, I've had a, a, you know, a couple of, um, mm-hmm. like I had a really significant um, injury five years ago. I didn't walk for six months Um you know, and I, I overcame that. And, mm. um, you know, more recently I had to have a surgery and, um, you know, and, and, you know, my body has been able to overcome that. So, you know, that, that, that sort of stuff, it gives you an appreciation for the resilience that your body can have, you know, and that your, your body is not just a thing to be looked at um, and a thing to be objectified, but it's a functional thing that's, you know, it's your vehicle through life. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I really believe and I really feel that, our bodies are always trying to do the best for us that they can. And, you know, even when I have treated mm-hmm. my body, you know, really quite badly, it's still always trying to do the best for me that it can. And so, you know, when I think about, you know, I guess the things that my body has physically been through, uh, you know, but then also the things that mentally and emotionally that I've been through as well, you know, it hasn't always felt like resilience at the time, but looking back, it, it actually is resilience. So I think, yeah, I think that would be the thing I would say I, I appreciate about myself. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And, um, is there anything else you want listeners to know? Any like mic drop moments, any notes to take home with, or is there anything else you want the people to know? Yeah, look, uh, gosh, there could be so many things, but um, you know, I guess what I would say is that, um, you know, issues with issues with disordered eating, with body image, um, you know, with just self-esteem, self-worth, all of that sort of thing. It's so common. Um, you know, it's much more common than what is talked about. And so if you are currently listening to this and this is something that you can relate to or you are experiencing, you know, the first thing to say is that you're absolutely not alone, even though you can feel really alone with it and feel like there's just, you know, everyone else can get on with life, but there's something wrong with me. Um, that's not true. Um, you know, that, that, that is your thoughts um, mm-hmm. deceiving you. That's, that's not true. You're not alone. Um, and there are places to reach out for that. Um, you know, in, in terms of, I guess, what I can offer, um, 
you know, as, as we've already mentioned, I've got this, this Facebook group, which people are welcome to join and be a part of and, you know, just start having that conversation more, um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, pretty active, um, you know, on social media in terms of Facebook and Instagram and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, beyond what, what I can do, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that can, that can help, you know, other therapists, um, you know, dietitians, um, nutritionists, um, you know, just lots and lots of people who are really knowledgeable, knowledgeable about this stuff, really clued up about this stuff, um, really want to help um, and where you can be safe and you can seek treatment. So, and, and you deserve treatment as, as well, you know, even if you think that, even if you mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, what I'm experiencing is not that bad, you know, I can live with it, I can put up with it. Um, if it's causing distress, like then it, then it warrants attention. Um, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be mm-hmm. hospitalised um, in order to, you know, deserve attention. Um, you know, don't let it get to that point. Um, you know, you deserve attention now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you and I can talk forever. We're gonna have to do another episode one day because or just message or something because I love the conversation so much. I'm so appreciative that you took the time to be a part of the podcast. Um, you're welcome thank you you for inviting me on it's been a really um yeah great conversation only sort of you know 30 minutes or so it's brief but yeah easy to get really deep into some of this stuff which is lovely oh yes well everyone that's listening thank you for taking the time to listen this is the episode of peace with peace podcast so peace as in a slice and with peace as in peace love happiness you can follow on facebook and instagram and don't forget to follow bianca's Facebook and Instagram too. She mentioned it. So please don't forget. Um, And if you want to inspire others with your story, if you want to set up an interview, please message me and I would be happy to do so. Wonderful. Thanks, Thanks, Alexa. Bye.